The views on a breath of fresh air podcast reflects the parties involved, and we encourage you all to use it as a conversational tool that will lead to personal studies of your own. Welcome to a Breath of Fresh Air podcast. Here with your hosts, Earl Roberts and Nakaz Gay. As a young person, Christianity can be so foggy, like smoke in the mirrors and so unclear. But we're here to bring you a breath of fresh air. Prophet Micaiah, shall we, the kingdom of Judah, as well as the northern kingdom of Israel, Go to war against Ramoth Gilead, or shall we refrain? Go and prosper, for the Lord will deliver it into the hand of the king. Micaiah, how many times shall I make you swear that you will tell me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? Now shall we go to Ramoth Gilead for war, or shall we refrain? I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains as a sheep that have no shepherd. And the Lord said, Those have no master. Let each return to his house in peace. Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, and all the host of heaven standing by, on his right hand and on his left. The Lord said, Who will persuade Ahab to go up, that he may fall at Ramoth Gilead? So one spoke in this manner, and another spoke in that manner. Then a spirit came forward and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. The Lord said to him, In what way? So he said, I will go out and be a lion spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And the Lord said, You shall persuade him and also prevail. Go out and do so. The Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these prophets of yours. And the Lord has declared disaster against you. First Kings 22 sets the stage for a monumental clash between the kings of Israel and Syria. Ahab, the infamous ruler of Israel, seeks to reclaim the city of Ramoth Gilead from its Syrian occupiers. Desperate for victory, he enlists the support of Jehoshaphat, the righteous king of Judah. A high-stakes battle will ensue that will not only test their military might, but also unravel the threads of prophecy and deception. As always, be blessed and enjoy. All right, welcome back to another episode of A Breath of Fresh Air podcast here with your hosts, Gate and Earl Roberts. Um, so yeah, hopefully everyone there is having a great week. Hit that like button or the, and the subscribe button. Leave us a review if you're listening on a streaming platform. We appreciate all the support, all the love, all the people reach out during the week. Um, we appreciate everything and the comments. So uh, definitely appreciate you guys' engagement. Thank you guys so much for supporting us. We definitely appreciate it again. And yeah, um, weekly thought. Ah, trust God in everything. That's that's 
that's like as general as I can be, but as specific as I can be at the same time. Like there's nothing in our lives that God is not concerned about. And as we go through our lives, we need to remember that fact because we find ourselves just not trusting God with the small things and trusting him just with the big things and handling the big, the, the smaller things ourselves, because why would such a all powerful God care about this little choice that I have to make? But God does care. And he loves when we put our trust and our faith in him and let him work miracles for us and most often through us to be a blessing to others as well. So, yeah, trust God in everything. Amen, amen. So this week we are going to be in 2 Kings. 1 Kings. 1 Kings, chapter 22. Some twos in there somewhere. Oh. I'm being interested because usually I'm using like two or three screens. Now I'm just using one. <laughs> oh, it's funny how like we get spoiled. Yeah. I work with multiple screens. No, that's the truth. It's like, bro, I literally cannot function without like more than one screen now. It, it's it, it's really bad. Bro, one screen is, oh, I don't know. When I was in the Bahamas and I had to work, well, I had to go to my sister work a couple of times <laughs> and just say, hey, I'm not ill. <laughs> you know what I mean? I really just need a computer <laughs> and a space. I'll be quiet. <laughs> You bring the people in them job, man. Yeah, but it was a slow week, and not a lot of people were in office. And I was like, "You sure this ain't you sure this okay?" And my sister's like, "Yeah, yeah, it's okay." And I was like, "Oh, thank God, because I need that second screen." I ain't <laughs> nah, I'm hooking it up for real. So last week, in last week's episode, we covered First Kings twenty-one. And it was a story about Neboth and his vineyard. And we see that King Ahab wanted the vineyard. Neboth essentially told him no, because you know, this is this what the Lord forbid that we that he should give away his inheritance. Ahab was sulked and displeased and pouting. His wife Jezebel came to him and was like, Why are you in this state? He said he couldn't get the vineyard. And she said, Don't worry, I'll get it for you. And then we see how she went with this elaborate plot to get Neboth killed. And Neboth surely was stoned, and then Ahab was able to take possession of the land. But then we see God told Elijah to go and essentially call Neboth out and pronounce judgment against him. And we see how um, Elijah told, in short, long story short, that told Ahab, yeah, you're going to die in the blood, and your blood will be licked up by the dogs, and it'll be in the same, the very same field that you took from Neboth. But um, Ahab had a little reconcile reconciliation moment, and God, I would say, lightened the sentence on him and said, "You know what? I'll pass this judgment on to your son, and it'll the brunt of it will pass away from you." And so this brings us to verse chapter chapter twenty two, which is also the last chapter in the book of First Kings. So. Without further ado, here we go. 53 verses. This will be fun. <laughs> <laughs> so now three years passed without war between Syria and Israel. Then it came to pass in the third year that Jehoshaphat, someone we haven't heard about so far, the king of Judah, went down to visit the king of Israel. And the king of Israel said to his servants, Do you know that Ramoth 
in Gilead is ours, but we hesitate to take it out of the hand of the king of Syria. So he said to Jehoshaphat, will you go with, will you go with me and fight at Ramoth Gilead? Oh, I just finished the verse. Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, I am as you are, my people as your people, my horses as, my horses as your horses. Also, Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, please inquire for me the word of the Lord today. Hmm. So there's a couple things we could just decipher here. One, if we go back a few verses, I think this was when we had Steve on the podcast, right? When we see Ahab, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, when Ahab should have killed the king of Syria, yes, but we see he didn't kill the king of Syria, he thus made a treaty with the king of Syria. But as a part of his leniency with the king of Syria, the king of Syria promised him a city. So now we see three years have passed, and Ahab's like. Hold on now. That land should be mine. Pretty unsuccessful treaty, if you ask me. But it ain't mine. <laughs> so now I have to go to war over land that I should have. So this was my father's land. The, the Syrian king's father stole it from my father. And now we are war. Y'all lost the first war, because y'all so claim our God was the God of the hills. Y'all run a box, say we can fight in the valley. Y'all lost in the valley. And now the only thing stopping me from getting the land back of my father is this king, whom I have in my captivity. And I decide, me speaking as Ahab, I decide to bargain with him for this, his life for the cities, mm -hmm. to which any man who's going to die will tell you anything to get out of that situation for the most part, you know? and. Three years later, you still don't get no city. But it's like, bro, if you had just followed God's command when he told you he was giving you this, this battle, mm -hmm. you would have had your cities. You know what I mean? So I remember one time we were playing kickball at my job, right? We had teams, right? And the other team was short staff on that team. And the, and, and the person who was like refereeing, he said, yo, y'all can take the win by default or y'all can play it out. I tell everybody, Let's take the win by default. Everyone's like, no, no, let's play it out. Let's play it out. You believe we played out and lose, bro? In my mind, I was like, bro, if we're going to win anyway, why are we going to exert ourselves and risk losing if this is a sure win? <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was funny because it's like each team has guys and girls. And it's like, this is just a fun, this for a fun event. Their team was short staff and they had only, their, they had everyone that was good at kickball. And the people who would have like not been good to balance out everything weren't there. You understand what I'm saying? So they get kicker after kicker after kicker, whereas we might have kicker, kicker, not a good kicker. You know what I'm saying? So it's like we were at a disadvantage although we had more people. Anyway, I say all that to say <laughs> they both could have won by default, you know, but he chose to play it out. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm sorry. Ahab could have won by default. He chose to play it out, and now we're in this predicament. <laughs> now we're in this predicament. I can tell you're still a little bit salty for losing. No, bro, because everyone look at me like, bro, don't be like that. Don't be, don't be such a competitor, right? And I'm like, bro, y'all don't see the y'all don't understand my logic yet. If we're gonna win anyway, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
<laughs> Why we don't just advance, bro? <laughs> Why we don't the just advance a tournament? The next team that you're talking that foolishness, and they sell right. We can show it. <laughs> Ain't no friends in this, bro. <laughs> we can show him. Yeah, no, they surely did. I know you was extra mad at that. I was like, bro, no way. I was like, bro. In my mind, I'm like, I hope everyone learned a valuable lesson. Hell. What was the lesson, Kazi? Take lesson your win. You? Take your win. Take your win, bro. Because this is the thing. This was, this was one event. And it was like, we had multiple sports that we played, and it was like a cumulative amount of points at the end of the, at the, end of the tournament. Mm-hmm. You know, so this week might have been so, so kickball, next week might have been volleyball, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. So this might have been all week suit. I can't remember how it was. But it's like, bro, let's let's get <laughs> let's let's get all of the points we could get, you know? Uh, but we didn't get points, obviously, because you know we didn't win, you know. <laughs> bro, I know kid, no, bro, let me share how mine I was. If we if we had took that one by default, it would have been a three way tie for first. Mm. In in the whole tournament, I did the math, bro. And I was like, no. But anyway, I don't even think it was a, a trophy or anything like that. I think it was just bragging rights. <laughs> but you wanted those bragging rights. Yeah, I mean, I didn't play just all fun. But this guy, Ayab, he was looking for friends. Ayab was looking for friends, bro. Just the man who just tell you I was taking. See, I know if my pride is really getting my way. You just tell me who's gonna take my wife and my children, bro. Imagine, like, not like let's let's take material possessions out of it because your gold and your palaces and all that that ain't do it for you. But your family, this man was trying to take away from you. But his wife is Jezebel, though. Yeah, true. And he was like, I need, I need to get off. <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll <laughs> <the side. laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We just kidding. I mean, it could be true, but we don't know that for sure. <laughs> but yeah, so now we see, like, he ended up, but to your point, he had a predicament that could have easily been avoided if he had just done what the Lord told him to do. But now, here we are. It's also interesting that he reached out <coughs> to the southern kingdom for help. Yes. He was the Josephat, who was. The king of Judah, the southern kingdom, like, can you help me? Will you go and fight with me? So you, you remember how last time they fought and they were severely understaffed, right? Mm-hmm. And they definitely won both times. You, you know how you won. You know it was through the grace of God. Exactly. But now you're like, mm, can't really go to God for this one, you know, because I... You know, like when you sin, sin is give you like a shame sometimes. Like, he won't go. First of all, it seems like he's still at enmity with the prophets only because every time he talked to a prophet thus far, bro, the man does not obey. You feel me? <laughs> and and he doesn't see the water. He doesn't see the rain come. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He doesn't see a prophet get strike in the face saying this and that. You know what I mean? Like, you see, you see the prophets, they ain't joking. But they, and just last episode, Elijah came and spoke to him, right? Exactly. Elijah because came back. <laughs> because the neighbor, like, you've had run ins with the prophets. Like, you can find, I don't know if you can find Elijah, but you, you, you might can find somebody to talk to, I think. I mean, even even in the shop, even in the shop, do we see still had access to people we could have talked to if we really wanted to get the word of God? But what's also interesting to me too, to your point, right? You gonna go to a king who you know still have a good relationship with the Lord? Yes. Because ain't like you don't know what's happening in the Southern Kingdom. 
every nation, even today, knows what's happening in their neighbor's land to some to some to some extent. Mm-hmm. So you know what Jehoshaphat have going down in in Judah. So you're like, all right, let's bring, let me bring him on my side because he have the connection with God. Maybe God might protect him. Yeah, this is just the next best thing. Like I can't go to a prophet or to God. I can just go to people who are cool with God. <laughs> and we see what and, 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 and like we see what Joseph had asked. Like, could could we please inquire for the word of the Lord today? Like, come on now, in in Israel, this heathen nation at this point in time, you know, some of the people still serve God. So I I once throw the baby out with the bathwater, mm-hmm. but. We see Joseph saying, hey, so we about to go on a wall. Like, let's see what the Lord has to say about this. Yeah. In the book of Second Chronicles, they describe him as being with the Lord. They say he followed in David, his father's ways, you know. So we go on the wall. Let's, let's consult God first, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then in verse 6, the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, about 400 men, and said to them, Shall I go against Ramoth Gilead to fight, or shall I refrain? So we see you gather 400 prophets and ask them this question. Hmm. And so they said, Go up, for the Lord will deliver it into the hand of the king. And Jehoshaphat said, Is there not still a prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of him? Hmm. So go for it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, some of the stuff had really just fallen off the page. But, you know, even when I read this, I didn't, I couldn't, I didn't get this. So, <clears throat> first of all, all of the prophets, Elijah thought all of the prophets were dead, right? Elijah thought he was the only prophet, but God was like, no, I got, I got my mama, she said, 400 men. I got my mom, God, how many people God said he have left. Mm-hmm. But God said, God said he basically had a bunch of prophets. Obadiah said that I hid the prophets, 50 to a cave, you know what I mean? That exactly. situation. But we know for a fact that 400 prophets of Baal was killed. Mm-hmm. Right? And so now, Jeho- um, Jehoshaphat, who's a man of God, he's saying, yo, get me prophets. So we can imply that he wanted to know prophets that serve the Most High God. So now, Based on the text, um, um, verse 6, Then the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, about 400 men, and said unto them, Shall I go to Ramoth Gilead, or shall I forbear? And they said, Go up, for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. So these are prophets gathered by Ahab, and they are also Mm -hmm. speaking on behalf of God. So based on this evidence, you can assume that these were prophets of God. But what is interesting is how Jehoshaphat responds. Exactly. <laughs> we just were saying how um, Ahab went to Jehoshaphat instead of going to a prophet because Ahab don't listen to prophets. You know what I'm saying? And so now mm-hmm. like, it, 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 is, it is very plausible that the prophets that he went to were speaking on behalf of God, but they weren't prophets of God. You know, they could have been prophets, not of Baal, because we... I believe that all the prophets of Baal have been killed, but they could have been prophets of Asherah, prophets of Malak, Shamash, all type of things was happening in Israel since Jeroboam's time, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Je- Jehoshaphat is like, <laughs> all right, is there not here prophets of the Lord besides them <laughs> that we may inquire? Because these are the joke he said. I want a real prophet. 
<laughs> and it's funny how like Joe's about to see through all the smoke and mirrors. He was, and I, I just pictured him like him saying like in a shock attitude too, like, bro, who are these clowns? Like, hold on, like, 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 yeah, I don't think you understand. You didn't have like, me. You didn't have me. So like, 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 seriously, is there, is there no more prophets of the Lord here? Like, right. is this like? Is this how bad y'all is up here, this, bro? This like, what I'm saying, bro. Seriously? 400 men should be convincing. You know what I mean? <laughs> Joseph Hart was not convinced. No, because these 400 like, jokers. Like, bro, you bring 400. Think about it too, Joseph. Like, you bring 400 people here, bro, and not, none of them have, not, none of them got God, bro. Not, not one. Not one. I can't believe none of them. None of them is making sense, bro. And this is a man. That was walk. That was doing right. He was walking in the ways of David. Jones the fight. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So he, he, he could tell. He could tell the fakes. You know the fakers. Exactly. And so now, and so now we see in verse eight, right? Which even like further like confirms what me and Kazi was just saying. Because now we see the king of Israel, Ahab, said to Jehoshaphat, "There is still one man." Mm-hmm. So keep in mind, he just brought four hundred prophets. Yep. So called. Which of the Lord. Joe's about to say, hold on. We need a prophet. I want a prophet of the Lord, like Yahweh. <laughs> now, I was like, oh. <laughs> I kind of misunderstood what you were saying now. <laughs> so, yeah, it's still one man. And, like, you know what I was reading? I was, I was thinking, I was about to read, yeah, Elisha still here mm-hmm. somewhere. Elijah yeah. with the J. You know, still here somewhere. No, it's this Makaya. Makaya. Something. I, I, I'm I sorry. I listened to it too today and I still Hold can't on. pronounce it. I believe most people would say Micaiah, right? But my wife gets on me because we say Isaiah. You see what I say? You see the suffix A-I-A-H? People is pick and choose when they want to say Ayo or Ayo. But I can't say Ayo for Isaiah. I don't get no, involved in the No, you, you say that's your famous line. That's your famous line. No matter who. I just needed to vent. See, I was going to have a penny on it you say you and yeah, Kelly. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. well, that disqualifies me. That disqualifies me from this argument. So, Mikhail. Mikhail, bro. Mikhail. Mikhail. For this purpose, you'll say Mikhail. So, there's still one mind, Mikhail. The son of Imla, by whom we may require, and by whom we may require the Lord. But I hate him because he does not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. So we see Ahab knew where to go for the truth, but purposely decided not to go there for the truth. He said he hate him, and that's straight like, up. But that's interesting too, right? Because you hate him. Or do you hate God? Because, like, who? If you know, bro, like, you was my good friend, right? If I trust everything you say could be true to me, and you tell me something I don't like, is like, do do I not like you, or do I not like your message? And at that point, if I don't like your message, at this point, the message coming from God, that means you have a problem with God. Now you're just trying to hate the messenger, but the messenger, you have, you have no problems with the messenger. Don't you- because deep down, you know he's telling you the truth. But you can't handle the truth or you don't want to accept the truth. Exactly. <clears throat> the only way I could see, the only way I could see Ahab hating him is if Ahab believes that what he's saying is in his control. You know? And I I think this reminds me of Balak a little bit. Balak in, in Numbers. Mm-hmm. 
Whereas these were people who um these were people who worship idols. They weren't they weren't servants of the most high God. So when they see a prophet, they look at the prophet like there's somebody who who determines the future, like a fortune teller. Not even, fortune tellers don't determine the future, but they look like someone say something and it comes to pass. That's why they tell Balaam, hey, who you bless, bless, who you curse, curse. Balaam say, Well, you only can say what God tell me. No, let me educate you on that now. And that's how Ahab treating it. Ahab acting like, bro, this boy know whatever he say is going to come to pass. But he so decides to speak ill of me. I hate him, you know? I feel like that's the only way you can rationally hate somebody because other than that, don't kill the messenger. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, like, you, you, can look to, you can look today and see how many people have a problem with God, but they hate the church because the church is everything that they don't want to hear. And... I really think like that's what's happening in this story. That's what a lot of people problem is now. You have a lot of people who grew up in the church, hear some truth that don't resonate with them, kind of offends them because they don't want to address it. And now you have a major problem with the church, but really and truly you have a problem with God, but you don't want to, you don't want to accept that. And I feel like we all go through this at some point in our lives, questioning why God allowed things to happen, why God, you know, didn't allow certain things that we want to happen, happen, and just questioning religion and Christianity in general. But is that you got to take a deep dive and really understand, like, who your problems is, like, who you're, who your problem with. And when it was God, one thing about God, he have an open-door policy. Come and bring your problems to me. We're we going we gonna to talk and figure it out. But I just find it interesting because we have multiple examples of Ahab, as evil and wicked as he is, knowing God and knowing where to go to find God. Because even in the battle with the Syrians, he cried out to God for help. And God helped him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And God delivered the first victory into his hands unprovoked. Like Israel, we, we, we talked about this in, in that episode, but Israel did nothing to deserve God's grace and mercy, but God saw the grace and mercy on them to show them who he was. And so Ahab particularly had multiple examples of God showing him who he was. And the matter of fact that Ahab knew where he could go to for the truth, but purposely chose not to go there for the truth, just shows how, how he was really operating in evil. I know we read something one time that says, like, you know, in the last days, a lot of people are going to be not judged for not knowing the truth, but judged for their... Yeah, the efforts to find the truth. And we see right now, if that was the case in the same standard, Ahab would be held up to, oh, he would 100% feel because he knew where to go to for the truth. And most often, like, he knew what the truth was. He just purposely chose to hide, hide, hide from it. Oh, yeah. And I wonder how you feel about Elijah, because he's saying straight up, I hate Micaiah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, we feel about Elijah. Even, like, in last episode, the minute he see Elijah, My he's enemy. like, look at my enemy. Yeah. <laughs> so he purposely villainizing the prophets of God, and 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 by and and by extension, he is villainizing God because he knows God doesn't stop for what he's doing. This might have a problem, you know. This might have a problem, bro. <laughs> From you as a prophet, you his enemy, bro. Like he just you were just up, up. and he let you do that boy, you know, Or you find me, hey, my enemy. <laughs> oh man, he's he's a funny dude, bro. So now, what I do like. Oh, I do find interesting. Like we see Jehoshaphat being a true man of God. He checking that right at the door. He was saying, "Yo, bro, don't don't say such things. Use the king." 
like how you could say you hate the man of uh, you hate the man of the Lord because he because he prophesies against you concerning evil. Because you're also saying, bro, anything he prophesies is from God, so you can't say it's evil. Now you really need to be looking at yourself and being like, why is he saying these things to me or against me? But you can't say you hate him because of what he's saying. So that's what a reasonable like, person would think. Address it. Is that's what a reasonable person would think. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine Ahab like, well, I don't know why I've been here after all. Anyway, come bring, bring, bring Micaiah here. So in verse 10, then the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, having put on their robes, sat each on his throne at the threshing floor at the entrance of the gate of Samaria, and all the prophets prophesied before them. Now Zedekiah, the son of Chinaiah, had made some horns of iron for himself. And he said, Thus the Lord, thus says the Lord, with these you shall gore the Syrians until they are destroyed. Mercy. And all the- <laughs> no, I just say mercy, God. <laughs> thus, thus, uh, thus says the Lord, with these you shall gore all the Syrians until they are destroyed. And all the, prophesi- all the prophets prophesied so saying, Go up to Ramoth Gilead and prosper. And the Lord will deliver it into the king's hands. Mm. Then the messenger who had gone to call Micaiah spoke to him, saying, Now listen, the words of the prophets were with one accord. The words of the prophets with one accord encouraged the king. Please let your word be like one of them and speak encouragement. Mm. (laughs) I just find this funny, right? So now they know. They didn't tell the king what he want hell. <laughs> they didn't say, bro, you go to battle, you go win. This now they telling Micaiah, hey, bro, look. We didn't say this. <laughs> all you gotta do now is say this, and we all bro. good. We don't need you coming here rocking the boat for nothing. <laughs> Just say this one thing and go your way, and everybody could be happy. That's a fact, bro, because if one person said the wrong thing, like if you have conflicting words from the Lord, someone got to be lying. Someone and wrong. your life at stake for it. You know what I mean? Someone wrong. And then, in verse 14, and Micaiah said, as the Lord lives, whatever the Lord says to me, that I will speak. Mm-hmm. Then he came to the king, and the king said to him, Micaiah, Shall we go to war against Ramoth Gilead, or shall we refrain? And he answered him, Go and prosper, for the Lord will deliver it into the hand of the king. Mm. So the king said to him, How many times shall I make you swear that you tell me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? Then he said, I saw Israel scattered on the mountains as sheep that have no shepherd. And the Lord said, These have no master. Let each return to his house in peace. And then the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, "Did I not tell you that he would prophesy, that he would that he would not prophesy good concerning me, but evil?" Then Micaiah said, "Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, and the host of heaven standing by on his right hand and on his left. And the Lord said, Who will persuade Ahab to go up, that he may fall at Ramoth Gilead?" 
So one spoke in this manner and another spoke in that manner. Then a spirit came forward and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. The Lord said to him, in what way? So he said, I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And the Lord said, you shall persuade him and also prevail. Go out and do so. Therefore, look, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of these prophets of yours. Mm. And the Lord has declared disaster against you. Now Zedekiah, the son of Kiniah, went near, the, went near and struck Micaiah on the cheek right. and said, Which way did the spirit from the Lord go from me to speak to Mercy. you? And Micaiah said, Indeed, you shall see on the day when you go into the inner chamber to hide. It's starting to get good, bro. It's starting starting to get good, bro. (laughs) So the king of Israel said, Take Micaiah and return him to Amnon, the governor of the city of Joash, the king's son, and say, Thus says the king, Put this fellow in prison and feed him with the bread of affliction and the water of affliction until I come home in peace. Mm. Then Micaiah said, if you ever return in peace, the Lord has not spoken by oh. me. And he, has, <laughs> and he has said, take heed, all you people. So I decided to advance a little bit since I saw what the time was, but now we could discuss. Yeah, this is Zedekiah guy. Zedekiah, first, first of all, Zedekiah, son of Shanana, whatever. He, he, he said, Micaiah, he pulled Micaiah to the side and said, bro, wait, you number 401, bro. 400 hours just walking through it, bro. This one even bring iron horns. He bring him props to the prophecy to say, yeah, that's what God say to me. You know, just, just fall in line. Just fall in line. But I just mighty sloppy, baby. No, because first of all, you going against the script and then you turn around and telling me an evil spirit in me. He take that. He take that personal. <laughs> he take that personal. Bro. Right? Just <laughs> so you know, Makai had to be a model, Lord, bro, because I had to slap him. Yeah, I, I slap. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> All right. You thought this was okay? Yeah, but your boy slap him, and he say, "Hold on, hold on." <laughs> you telling me an evil spirit deceiving me? That's disrespectful, bro. I'm a prophet. I'm a so-called prophet. But going back to the top, right? Mm-hmm. I know you had a point on this pre-pod, just saying like how Micaiah's first interaction with Ahab and Jehoshaphat might make you to think that he was like lying when you reached to what he what, what, like like the truth and what he said, like going like going after. But I know you had, you had some good insights on that. Yeah. So, so <clears throat> this 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 um this Jehoshaphat guy, man, he he shopping, he shopping. He he can see seeing through. All of the foolishness, right? So the Bible tell us that Zedekiah pull um, Micaiah aside and tell him what to say, right? Mm-hmm. And so now Micaiah turn him to Zedekiah and say, "Yo, I only say what God tell me, say, bro." You understand? But he's still gone to the kings and say, "Yeah, so uh, y'all could be straight, man. You know, God tell you everything could be good, right?" Mm-hmm. And the way he said it had to have been either a sarcastic or like a mocking tone 
because you can see the kings, they crease up fast and say, bro, how much times do I have to tell you? Don't lie, bro. Stop, stop fooling around, dog. This is serious mission, you know? And so <clears throat> if Micaiah had been speaking regular, I don't see why someone would respond to that, especially after this was the 400, 401 person, first person. You know what I mean? Like, if 400 people can consistently tell you the same thing, even the one who prophesies evil against your comrade, mm-hmm. that should be, like, I mean, that might be a red flag, but it is, it's, it's not, it's not unbelievable. Everybody's story consistent, what I can do from there. But he, he would have had to set it in a way that shows there was some, some type of falsity to it. I, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. Because we see Makai was like, all right, especially if someone already tip him off first. Like, all right, this what you want to hear? I, I, I can tell you what you want to hear in a playful manner. Like, clearly, clearly you know what you bring me here for, but now nah, you want to play. But you want to see Ahab turn them and say, but and I tell you, he was going to prophesy no good concerning me, only evil. <laughs> yeah. I I I really wonder how like Jehoshaphat felt in this in this predicament. Like, oh boy, man, this this guy about to die. Like, <laughs> do I still go with him? But now, do I keep my word? Like, what do I do? I don't tell them I come and fight with him. But I know I I know it's a losing battle. Do I put my man lives at risk now just for this guy? I know gonna die. That's what I'm saying, bro. You already you already have an allegiance with him, bro. So uh, you you already have a league with this man. And so I know if you can pull out, I mean, you can always pull out, but I think he was kind of knee deep in it. But as a man of God, you hear, the prophet ain't even really come out and say, oh, this one could die or not, you know. He say, bro, I see a bunch of people scattered, bro. You understand what I say? Like, he's, that's how we start off, bro. He say, bro, <clears throat> I see a bunch of people scattered, dog. And, and so you who believe, um, in God, bro, that can't be that can't be comforting to you. <laughs> that's that's a red that's as red a flag as you would ever see, you know. Mm-hmm. So they scared up and they have no chef, but that means the person leading them is not right. there. They are dead. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and then down to like the then Micaiah going <laughs> going into detail. All right, so you want to know why I saying something different for mm-hmm. real? These men been lying to you. <laughs> and here's what I really saw. My boy gave him a preview of what he saw taking place in heaven. He saw the Lord sitting on his throne and the, all the host of heaven standing by. Kind of reminds me like the story of right. Job. Like when we see in the beginning of Job where there was a meeting of the council of heaven. And the accuser showed up. Kind of looked like the accuser showed up here, like, all right, yeah, uh-huh. let's let's go. We're okay. <laughs> I can take care. I can take care. Yeah. And this written great real. <laughs> I can do him so bad, but I can put it on him so thick right now, bro. He ain't gonna know what of him, but I can send a bunch of prophets out there. But <clears throat> what's interesting to me though is that this isn't this type mm-hmm. of language or this type of intel is rarely ever spoken of. In the Bible, and Job is an anomaly, and a lot of people write off Job as if it's allegory or it's like mm-hmm. a poem. A lot of people say it's just a literary book. It's like it's like a parable. I don't know what indicates that for people. I read the book multiple times. Um, I don't share those sentiments, 
But it's not often that 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 the Bible or prophet gets to tell like spiritually what's happening behind the scenes. They say, bro, they had a meeting. Now, mind you, I feel like you got to be a, 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 a very important person for the whole council to be meeting about you, for sure. You understand? Like, oh, the Satan thought he had it in the bag that time because he said, but no one on earth, no one on earth following you for real, bro. And God was like, have you considered my servant? Is my servant, bro? You, you, you overlooking me. <clears throat> I can see that Job is not a king, but I can see that happening because he's like, bro, you can't say no one. I can show you one person for sure, you know? It's the king of God's people, of half of God's people, per se. There's the half, one kingdom. <clears throat> and um, they all meeting, and God like, yo, prophecy is going to be fulfilled with this man. Who is going to set it up, you know, for it to happen, you know? And this is so interesting because it's like so many deep dives you could, you could get from this very chapter, from this very scenario, you know? But <clears throat> I believe this is one of them ones where it's like, when God said that, um, <laughs> when the book of Samuel said that um, the devil, well, God tempted David to, um, to number the people, right? And then mm -hmm. when you read in Chronicles, it's a, a evil spirit. First, it's a, a evil spirit from the Lord tempted them. And that's in, in Samuel, I think. And then in Chronicles, they say Satan tempted David. You understand what I'm saying? And so <clears throat> it's one of them things where it's like the, the absence of one equals the presence of, of the other. You understand? The absence of God equals the presence of Satan. The, the absence of Satan equals the presence of God type of situation. So <clears throat> it's like God... God, God and them talking about, they, they meeting to say how this is going to come about, right? And I know, I really flashed this point out too, too deep, but basically the reason why Ahab could be deceived and all these things happening, it might not be that God conspiring, you know, but it's that God is, is fully um, removing all of his defenses away from Ahab. And now it's like, who going to be the one to actually set this up, set this Get set this up to happen because it's going to happen. You understand what I'm saying? Because that's that's what I prophesy for it to happen. But it's not the fact that God is saying, yo, I set you up to, to be deceived. I removing my protection from you, right? And when I when I release you to the dogs, bro, all deception is gonna happen. You understand? But it's not who's gonna do it. And you know what's interesting too? A different way you can phrase it is I giving you what you right? want. Because in the grand scheme of things, bro, Ahab wants this land. Ahab wants to go and get it. Ahab had already conspired in his heart that he is going out. He already got his yes man to tell him it's okay to go out. You know what I'm saying? I, I like and that. So it, I like that. Okay. I like that. And we can see by the way he responds that no matter what, even if God had said, yo, I'm going to come and tell you the truth. Like we can see that the truth does not impact Ahab's decisions. You know what I mean? No. Yeah. Not at all. I mean, because like a lot of people got to look at it two ways too because like, remember like heart, when God hardens your heart, he is giving you over to your own desires. Mm -hmm. He letting you do whatever you want to do. What you already made up in your mind and heart that you are going to do regardless. God hardens Pharaoh's heart. Pharaoh already made up in his heart that bro, I am not letting these people go. 
no matter what you do, I am not letting these people go. So God say, okay, that's your choice. Lock it in. It's you know so what I'm interesting, bro. When it says God did this thing and the result is evil, bro, it's like it's like it paints God in a bad light, but it's, it's always a way to look at it. It's always a way where you don't have to even come to that conclusion. Exactly. The way I like, the, what I like about God hardening Pharaoh's heart is not that Pharaoh's heart was soft and God turned his heart to stone, not saying that Pharaoh was a lamb and he turned him into the Grinch. It's saying that God crystallized the state of his heart. It's like hardened. Exactly. Like I would, like if, if the Bible was written in English, I would say freeze. He frees your heart right, not not like an ice term, but like a pause. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he frees your heart right in the state where it was, so you ain't changing for the worse or for the better. You know what I'm saying? And so you could you yeah. can people look at interpret that and say, oh, God turned Pharaoh's heart to be a hard person, like to to not have any love or sympathy. But that's not what it's saying. It's saying that God kept him the way that he proved himself. The way that he proved himself to be, God kept him in, in that way, you know. Exactly, and we see Ahab was already a man who. It's interesting. We look at this chapter, like the like this chapter is where he's showing you the multiple ways that, like the Bible's painting the picture that no Ahab was a man who has turned his back on God to the point where he bringing out people asking for the prophets of God, and he bringing out his own yes man to represent the prophets of God, and take someone who really know God to come and check him and be like, no, I really want a real prophet. And so now we're seeing, without them explicitly saying that his heart was hardened, he, 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 he was locked in his ways. And most of that time, was you turn, you really chase after your own selfish ambitions with no respect to God. So God, let me do what you want to do. And if God ain't protecting you, you open yourself up to be deceived, to be led astray. And quite honestly, you just open up yourself to do what you want to do, what is right in your own eyes. Mm-hmm. That's what you're doing. You're doing do as thou wilt, mm-hmm. which is the number one like mantra command for Satan. Yeah. Of, exactly. <laughs> do as thou wilt. And that's why a lot of people got it, get it like so, so wrong because it sounds so good. I'm doing what I want to do. And it's such an interesting place because you should be doing what God wants you to mm-hmm. do. But that's a different story for a different day. And it's a tangent. I'm already like 40-something minutes in. So I'll, I'll keep on progressing the story. Um, but yeah, like going back to verse 28, we see how Ahab was like, yeah, like put this guy in prison until I come back. And Micaiah was like, bro, if you even do come back, it could make, it, that could mean that like God's prophecy wasn't fulfilled. So buddy, it ain't looking too good for you. Yeah, I, if you come back, I name you see what he's saying? That's what he's saying. The Bible is saying. All right, so in verse 29, so the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went up to Ramoth Gilead. And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, I will disguise myself and go into battle, but you put on your robe. So the king of Israel disguised himself and went into battle. Nasunagazi, if you're so confident, you can win. Why are you disguising yourself in bottle, hmm. man? You know, <laughs> I was listening to a sermon the other day, and it was actually talking about this same chapter. It's crazy. <laughs> the pastor was saying that it can be assumed. He wasn't saying that this happened, but he, his assumption, he's making a joke out of it. 
He said it can be assumed that Ahab was trying to be a commoner so that Jehoshaphat could be dressed up like the king so that he could be the public, he could be the number one target and get the smoke off of Ahab. You see what I'm saying? And like, if that's the case, that is so messed up. Like, now, to your point, if you're so confident you can win, ain't no need to disguise. You, if, if, if your prophets was right and they say, go and say, you should go there big, big and bold and confident, right? But in the back of your mind, you feel like, bro, they might be wrong. And if they're wrong, I want Jehoshaphat to be the target. He the one coming through looking like the king, not me. You see what I'm saying? Which is, and again, I'm like, Jehoshaphat. Why are you here, bro? <laughs> like, even under like, this, nigga be like, bro, this is your bottle. You dog. This is your bottle. Why? I got to be the one taking all the heat. No, man. <laughs> you would see me, hey, boys, park yeah. it up, we going back to No, Jordan. no, no, you weren't making no sense. But he probably marketed it to, to Jehoshaphat that, no, you could be the king, and when we win, you can get all the glory. You understand what I said? <laughs> Man. So now the king of Syria had commanded his 32 captains of his chariot, saying, Fight with no one, great or small, but only with the king of Israel. So, put this in other words, he's telling his 32 best skilled fighters, Don't waste your time on the fodder. I've given you guys a mission hunt the king. Hunt the king. Don't waste your time. You know, we're watching these movies all the time, these middle, medieval movies and these old-time movies, you know, the big general one being in the front line fighting. He, he killed about 10 people with his sword, slash as he running through. He's like, hey, uh-uh. Don't even, don't, don't even worry about that. Mm-mm. Y'all mission is to stay in the back and when y'all find the king, that's who y'all yeah. attacking. You got a special mission. So, but hold on. This the same, this the same king who Ahab mm-hmm. let give, give him his life. You Mercy. see how he's trying to do you? Mercy. Bro, that's so crazy to me. The man save your life, bro. Mercy. Call him my brother. Call him my brother. So you do your brother friends like that, boy. You don't need no enemies. Who needs enemies? <laughs> Who needs enemies? <laughs> so it was when the captains of the chariot saw Jehoshaphat, they said, surely it is the king of see, Israel. See it See it <laughs> <laughs> They turned aside to fight against him. And Joseph, I cried out. <laughs> oh, man. And it happens when the captains, when the captains of the chariot saw that it was not the king of Israel, that they turned back from pursuing him. I tell you, the pastor said, in the same sermon, the pastor said, say, must see, when they start pursuing Joseph, and he started crying out to the Most High God, they... <laughs> the series was like, oh, no, 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 that ain't Ahab. Ahab, Ahab don't worship God. <laughs> that can't be Ahab. <laughs> I mean, that's a joke. Oh, it could my. be true, but, you know, God just answers his prayer when he cries out. That's, that's really what it was. Yeah, you see God answers prayer. You go in Second Chronicles in chapter 18, it shows that when Joseph I cried out, the Lord helped him, <laughs> and God diverted, and God diverted, the, diverted the men from, from oh, him. Oh, man. So, we see God... Again, it's so interesting too, right? Like, uh, we got to do an episode on prayer at some point. But, um, yeah, like some people think prayer is going to be so elaborate. Man, a simple prayer could be, Lord, help me. 
and God can hear you in your time of need and do what he needs to do to get you in the situation that you're in. And so we see that was Josephus' cry right there. One on 32, buddy, you ain't going to win. You ain't Samson. No, <laughs> sir. And you know you wasn't supposed to be in there. Hey, or you just say, Lord, how did I get Lord. here? <laughs> how I get oh, here? You were probably wondering how I ended up like this. <laughs> a prayer, a prayer, for myself, prayer, camera time, Lord. I don't know how I, I get, get here, but Lord, just for me. I get sure. <laughs> This ain't got nothing to do with me. I don't get nothing out this year, bro. <laughs> nothing, bro. Oh, my. And so now in verse 34, it's where it gets really interesting. Now a certain man drew a bow at random and struck the king of Israel between the joints of his armor. So we, so we said to the driver of his chariot, turn around and take me out of the battle, for I am wounded. The battle increased that day, and the king was propped up in his chariot facing the, Sy the Syrians and died at evening. Mm. The blood then ran from the wound onto the floor of the chariot. Then as the sun was going down, a shout rang through the army, saying, Every man to his city, and every man to his own country. So the king died and was brought to Samaria. And they buried the king in Samaria. Then someone washed the chariot at a pool in Samaria, and the dogs licked up his blood while the harlots bathed, wow. according to the word of the Lord which he had spoken. Now the rest of the acts of Ahab and all that he had done, the ivory house which he had built and the cities that he had built, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the King? So Ahab rested with his fathers. Then Ahaziah, his son, reigned in his place. You don't think it's interesting that it wasn't a captain. It wasn't one of dignitary. It wasn't even like a known soldier. Just an unknown soldier at random. Probably don't even know who it was really aiming for. Because again, you are disguised. And the arrow sailed through the air and hit him at the right point to go in between his armor. Caused him a fatal wound. And he bleeds out and dies. What are the odds, bro? And it's so funny, like the fact that this person is unnamed, like that lead me to believe this was someone from the Jerusalem, uh, the Israel, or the, the, Ju the Judah army, bro. Because oh my. they could You say it's family fire, bro. Right, because they, bro, think about it. They could have said, and then an archer from the Syrian army. They could have said that, bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, but they just say a random person. So we know it had to have been obviously from one of the sides. But because it was so random, that implies that there was no target. He just shoot his bow. He didn't have an intended target. He just was shooting. Bro, that's like, I mean, like, that's like when you see in the, probably it's a lot of movie reference. What's when you see in the movies when they just do their bow and just shoot it towards the enemies? Like, you don't really know you shoot. You just know when the enemy's over here and I just shoot my bow over yeah, there. that's true. The pause they go short and they don't make. See, because watch this, right? <laughs> you know they have some sides. They some <laughs> you on the side, you on that side. But I was about that yeah, too. but then you yeah, have to come together and fight, right? <laughs> so it can get a time, and he ain't no distinguished side per se. <laughs> you just shooting. <laughs> oh man! But whoever it was, yeah, man, he, he didn't intend to hit anybody. And end up hitting the king. <laughs> hey, the the unknown king. My word. And so, yeah, we see 
Ahab died. He died in battle, as Micaiah prophesied it would be. The king died. Now Israel was scattered on the mountainside without a shepherd. And they returned home. And so now in verse 41, we get a little backdrop into Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was the son of King Asa, who we know also was a decent king in the southern kingdom of Judah. And had became king over Judah in the fourth year of Ahab, king of Israel. So we see they had a good, a good reign together. You know what I'm saying? Like they was actually, you know, he became kings around the same time. Jehoshaphat was 35 years old when he became king. So this wasn't a kid. No. <laughs> they grown my crying out to God for help, boy. I don't blame him. I don't blame him. And he reigned 25 years in Jerusalem. So we see he reigned until he was like about 60. His mother's name was Azuma, the daughter of Shilhi, Shil, Shilhi or Shilhai. And he walked in the ways of his father Asa. He did not turn aside from them, doing what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Nevertheless, the high places were not taken, taken away. For the people offered sacrifices and burnt incense on the high places. Also, Jehoshaphat made peace with the king of Israel. Okay. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoshaphat. The might that he showed and how he made war, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the king of Judah? And the rest of the perverted persons who remained in the days of his father Asa, he banished them from the land. There was no king in Edom, only a deputy of the king. Jehoshaphat made ships, merchant ships, to go to Ophir for gold, but they never sailed, for the ships were wrecked on Ezan Geber. And Isaiah, the son of Ahab, said to Jehoshaphat, Let my servants go with your ships in the go with your servants in the ships, but Jehoshaphat would not. And Jehoshaphat rested with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David, his father. And Jer Jehoram, his son, reigned in his place. Isaiah, the, king, the son of Ahab, became king over Israel in Samaria in the 17th year of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, and reigned two years over Israel. He did evil in the sight of the Lord and walked in the way of his father and in the way of his mother and in the way of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat who made Israel sin. For he served Baal and worshipped him and provoked the Lord God of Israel to anger according to his father, according to all that his father had done. Here ends 1 Kings. Boy, 1 Kings, what a book. What a book. What a I book. Can get, Are we going to go into Josephat in later chapters for, for the audience? So. I can get a little sad when we, when we get through some of the narratives. The prophets, they they could be a whole different type of research and analysis. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Break down Ezekiel. Oh yeah. I'm adding powerful stuff in there, bro. And it's actually um what y'all you would say. It's actually stuff that people don't try to attack. Like <clears throat> when they no, there's stuff they don't try to tackle when they read in the Bible a lot of times. No, not at all. You know? Not at all. <clears throat> it's like I used to, used to put your name in Genesis and be like, the cast begotten the yeah, cast. <laughs> Other people are still wheeling the wheel with eyes are up. Keep yeah, moving. This okay. is a lot now. Whoa. <laughs> Biblically accurate angels? <clears throat> it's so funny how, how, how long in the Bible it took for them to describe a cherubim despite 
hearing about it in Genesis. You know what I mean? In Genesis, right? <laughs> Cherubim with a flaming sword. Man. So, yeah, what's, what's your thoughts on this chapter overall? Okay, so this is the end of the book. Actually, end of the book, bro, it's crazy. Um, Ahab is probably one of the most notorious kings in this book and in all of Israel. You know what I'm saying? This one is perpetually wicked. And you didn't think, like, at the time when we were reading on Jeroboam, it was like, all right, you was, you was just wicked unprovoked. But Ahab, he too? Took it to a whole new yeah, level. Yeah, like, no, no, I rebuilding, <laughs> I rebuilding Jericho, bro. <laughs> like, like, relax. Like, I, I, I going out my way to disobey God, you know? And then we killing the prophets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and then we doing it some more, you know what I mean? And <clears throat> he was just doing things his own way. And so God prophesied. The prophet came to um, Ahab, last chapter, Elijah, and he told him, yo, because you all killed that man Naboth, you're going to die, bro. Dog's going to eat your flesh, bro. You know? And then Nahab, Naboth repent and humble himself because he had a little bit of sense. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he feared God in, in the sight of his own death. Like, what the, um, like what the, the thief on the cross say to the, to the, to the, to the, to the, to the, to the more wicked thief on the cross. He said, you don't even fear God in the sight of your own death, bro. Like, somebody pronounced death on his life, and that sobered him up, like, boy, like, I know mm-hmm. I shouldn't have done that, you know? And this, it, wasn't his, it wasn't his idea at the end of the day. You know, it was Jezebel's idea. But because he humbled himself, God was merciful to him. But now we see where this man continuing to do his own will. Why are you trying to go to war against these people, bro? You can let it dead, bro. You already beat them. They supposed to be trying to run it back with you, you know, but you want your line back. And you you bringing other people in for this thing, but God already showed you, bro, because you spared Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, his life for yours. But now you humble yourself, so you ain't, <laughs> you ain't tough this curse on you no more, but you going back to open up that kind of works. And so now... Mm-hmm. You can you you actually asking God to fulfill the prophecy for you. You know what I'm saying? So now God in the meeting, they like, yo, all right, who can give him what he wanted? I'm so glad you gave me that that um that outlook on it because I was I was having a hard time like trying to articulate what I was trying to say. Who can give this man what he actually wants? And he wants to be deceived. He wants to believe a lie. You understand? Mm-hmm. And so some some evil spirit, it could have been the devil. I don't know if it was the angel say we'll be we'll be deception or whatever. I don't know how, how that stuff work. But the fact of the matter is, they fulfilled what was supposed to happen. He was surely deceived. But then exactly. Micaiah, he, he he told the truth. And and they and and Ahab was content in his mind to say that this man just hating on me. I hate him, bro. You know what? He don't never say nothing with sense when it comes to me. He don't say nothing good to me. So what I can do, I can go to war. I can prove him wrong, or I can prove him and God wrong, and we can get prove God we can get this we can get this line, and we can make it out. But as luck would have it, and it ain't luck, as the prophecy would have it, you surely die, bro. You surely die. I got a question, right? And I know we ain't talking about this all three parts, so like forgive me, but. 
it's the end of the book, right? I mean, end of the first book of Kings, even though we had Kings before this, right? But remember, remember where how Judges ended? Yes. When it was like those famous lines, these were the days before Israel had no king and everyone did what was right in their own eyes, mm -hmm. right? At this point in Israel's history right now in 1 Kings 22, don't it almost feel like this is the days when they had no king and everyone was the one who was right in their own eyes? Yeah, it actually feel like... So, when it comes to Judges, I feel like Israel had not progressed. Israel was still in their early infant stages of a nation, so it wasn't as structured as they are now, right? So now, obviously, they have a king, so now we have a little, some like rules in place. We know how, if something was to go wrong, this is how we can handle it, X, Y, Z. Judges... But what would argue they had the rules... Okay, watch, from watch this. When, um, when the lady was raped, all Israel said, oh, we going and we killing everyone. We killing every Benjamite. You know what I'm saying? We wiping out this whole thing. They already had the Torah. They already had the rules, right? But they say, no, we just killing everyone. And then people are, and then people have to say, yo, you can't kill out a whole tribe, man. You know what I mean? We gotta, we gotta make up for this now. We got, you understand what I said? So I feel like they were a little more lawless, but now they are more like apostate. So they was just trying things out back then. It was mm -hmm. just trying to say like, all right, we ain't worshiping God. Let's just see what works for us. They keep, they keep failing mm -hmm. and they keep getting in captive and God keeps saving them, right? This time around, we have a, a king <clears throat> that has, that has had, uh, he, he has already had um, a lot of people before him to show him the way how things should go, right? You, have, you, can, mm -hmm. you don't have to reinvent the wheel, but he chose to reinvent the wheel. So you have someone leading you to specifically be um, idolatrous. I, my interpretation of, of judges is that they, everybody just strayed away. Everybody just was relaxed and the influences around them, they gave in. No. In the, in the book of Kings, we see when Jeroboam start, he was like, yo, I make him my own religion. I, I am like mesmerizing people into not worshiping God. Like It's like I'm hypnotizing you all. Like I... I I taking y'all out. It's like it's, it's almost like 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 how like how people say like cults and stuff like that, like Jim Jones and stuff like that. All of us, we out the way. We ain't, and, and y'all ain't have no reason to leave. You can't leave, bro. You can't go to Israel and worship. And while I'm doing this, I'm giving y'all all type of imaginary scenarios now, you know. Mm -hmm. And because I'm doing this, I could bend the rules. It's not set in stone. I could bend the rules in any way. And then I get in people. Scoundrels. I get in all type of random people just, just to be priests. We making up stuff. If that's what your nation was built on, bro, it's it's no it's no um surprise that you could end up in an Ahab situation with judges. They was flip-flopping, but they were they were built on Moses and the Mosaic laws and stuff like that. Now mm -hmm. Israel has a king, and their king is is lawless. You understand? Before they didn't have a king. Which one worse? Which one worse? I think now. Or which one do you perceive? I, to be I, worse? No, I would perceive now because it's like what we were talking about, Jezebel. Bro, I was asking you if you think Jezebel is probably the most wicked or the most notoriously wicked woman in the Bible. And you say, probably. You was like, bro, I don't see people who can compete with that, right? The fact that in Revelation, we liken the apostate church during the beast power, right? To mm -hmm. Jezebel or to being deceived mm -hmm. by the likes of Jezebel, right? So they talk, they call Jezebel a harlot, right? 
when you commit adultery, you are being unfaithful to your spouse, right? In, in, in Revelation, they use these terms synonymously, harlot, adultery, fornication. It is, the, the, the theme is unfaithfulness. You have been unfaithful to Jesus, our bride. Jesus' husbands are to love your wives as, as Christ loved the church. Like you see these type of parallels between husband and wife and Jesus and the church and Jesus and his people, right? They liken Jezebel to being the ultimate home wrecker. You understand what I said? That's, that's, that's the king. So now, like, we don't see much, much um, callbacks to judges where it's say, hey, don't be like when this person was around. Don't be like when them. But Jezebel, mm-hmm. Ahab, this reign, they, they using that as the poster child of, yo, don't be like them spiritually, you know? And then, if that ain't enough, when Elijah spoke to um, Ahab last chapter, he was basically saying, bro, you you was you was you was a different type of wicked <laughs> that we hadn't seen before, you know? So I feel like Jeroboam alone take the cake with um with judges, them type of things, because they was just following after other nations. But Jeroboam was like, no, I am inventing ways to sin. I'm leading you guys into this. Yeah, I, I I invented new ways to to anger God, basically. Interesting. Oh, I I definitely agree. I definitely <laughs> no, but, agree. But I got to ask, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, no, no, I got to ask you which one, which one would you perceive uh, to be the, the the I guess the worst scenario that the Israelites have put themselves in? See, I'm so torn in it, right? Because it's like given the context we know in Judges, right? When you got well, like when they asked, well, I guess it was probably in Samuel when they asked for a king. It was like, we don't trust God himself to lead us in an invisible form no more. We want a physical representation of God now, right? And God was like, this is not what I want, but you guys won't be like these other nations so bad. Anyway, I'll give over to it. I'm going to let you know what a king going to do and what a king, like, what, how much of a crux a king going to be to you guys now, but here you go. And now to see... Even the progression from David to how now is two separated kingdoms, one good sometimes, the next one ain't good never. Like, it's just, it's just interesting, man. Like, I definitely think that, like, overall, they're probably in a worse position now. But it's just so, it's just so much now God never really intended for you guys even to have a king to begin with. And so it's like, in in following after their own hearts, their ancestors, them, they themselves are to blame for the scenario that they're in. But it also it's it it also like sucks because now your leader who should be holding you accountable and helping you stay on a path towards God, like what do you do when your leader starts messing up? And that's all you know. And this makes me think too. I mean, like, we have so much different nations over here who are just legit not Christian nations, don't care for Christianity, don't have to hide if you want to be Christians. And it's just interesting to think, like, we take it for granted, but in other parts of the world, like, what do you do when your leaders, they, they, they themselves, don't promote what you believe on a religious standpoint, you know? So it, it's, it's an interesting thought to have. <clears throat> All right, so a thought just came into my mind. Mm-hmm. Because I was going to say, 
So, so, so like, we just doing this for kicks because obviously we can't measure exactly. iniquity or badness, which one was worse, you know? But I could pose the question, which is worse, bro? Like, Israel at that time or society today? <laughs> you know what I mean? Or any oh, or boy. any nation today, you know? And so I believe that it's going to get perpetually worse, but it's going to be structured differently. And so even now, we might look at it like 10 years, uh, no, I'm sorry, um, a thousand years ago, it was way more barbaric than now. People like the, the, the universal church, Mm-hmm. I like this die. Anyway, the universal church was um was killing people and X Y Z. And if you ask the church of that time, they would say, mm-hmm. "Oh, this must be the end times, right?" Mm-hmm. And so my question usually is, do we believe that from then to now, the devil has eased up? It's gotten better. No, people ain't getting persecuted no more. But it's like. The snares that is put put in place are more um, secretive, no, yeah, sophisticated. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, no, no. We don't have to. We don't have to just outright persecute you or trick you in this type of way. We don't have to outright get you to worship idols. But we could. I could give you a brand of Christianity that is literally idolatry, and have you just feeling like you you a okay, you know? And so I feel like I feel like the deception. Has has gotten better and better, and it's like it's a chess move, and it's leading us up to the mark of the beast. Well, we have to make a, a decision: Am I going to follow mm-hmm. the beast, or am I going to follow the Bible, aka the Word of God? You know what I'm saying? And so, um, from judges to kings, I think it's just a more sophisticated delusion. They have a king who set up altars and high places and stuff like that. And so they have a national religion to follow, opposed to judges where people just was adopted. They was just like, hmm, I see over there they do this. Yeah, I'll, I'll take some of that. You know what I'm saying? They was guessing. They were like a chicken without a head. They ain't had no leadership. You understand? So they was doing everything that seemed good to them. Now we have someone who know the evil that they want to portray, and they had they spoon feeding it. To, to you, you know, as a nation. That, that's, what the, that's what the kings of Israel have been like. So, yeah. It's interesting. It's definitely interesting. So overall, like, I guess I was going to ask a crazy question, but we kind of already asked this, but like, who's been the worst king so far? But <laughs> someone, some, someone has that take. Yeah, it, it, it would have to be between Ahab and Jeroboam. But I sure it's one other king in between where... I think it was like God was saying, you've been the worst. And then someone else came and he's like, no, you was the worst. Maybe Basha, right? <laughs> it was like Basha and the one right before Basha too. Like, because all of them was just, they were just bad. Yeah, they, and they was, that's what I'm saying. They were getting creative in the ways that they wanted to be, to be wicked. Like, hey, I think, hmm, how can we piss off God this in this way? You know, I think that's what they was yeah. doing. So overall, how are we going to end this bad boy? Like, it's interesting. I don't know. Closing thoughts on the Book of Kings, First Kings. I can't wait for Second Kings because when Elijah was introduced, we see him as the protagonist, right? But it's one of those things where he he was away, 
for a while. And so he was no longer the, the main character, but he was like the side person in, in, in the story. So Ahab, that's been the person that we've been following for quite some time. But as we mm-hmm. similar to how we, how we ended last, last chapter, it's not like a, you do wrong, punishment, instant. We serve a God that's a merciful God. When we see God acting impatient, <coughs> excuse me, when God, when God saw the Ishmael, when, when Moses was on Mount Sinai and the Israelites were worshiping the golden calf, we saw God get very angry. God threatened to destroy them. One could say, mm-hmm. it's an impatient God, very impatient. But if you read the book of Ezekiel, you will learn that before God even came to Moses, he came to the Israelites saying, yo, I want to bust y'all out of this joint. Hey, throw away the idols. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was like, no, dread. You see what I'm saying? So let's get through the Bible. And that's why I say, like, when it comes to the prophets, this, this some, there's some information that people don't really delve deep into. And it's essential. Mm-hmm. It's essential. In the book of Ezekiel, God talks about, it's the same chapter where they say, I gave you my Sabbath. Remember we talk about this with, with Steve. Um, the same chapter where it's like, also I gave you my Sabbaths as a remember X, Y, Z. He was, God was talking about how I came to, I came to Egypt and I told y'all, I tell y'all who I was. I said, y'all put up the idols. So they ain't doing it. So imagine this. They didn't do it then. Moses already come born, run away for 40 years, come back. And y'all, y'all, all the plagues. And y'all still ain't taking away all idols. All right, cool. I just show you all of these plagues, man. I just feed you um, pillar of clouds, pillar of fire. Y'all hear me on the mountain. Y'all was scared. Y'all heard a thundering and stuff, right? And 40 days without Moses. And y'all say, yo, let's go back to these idols, especially these idols. To me, when you put it like that, you say, okay, God is slow to anger, compassionate, right? And so now, if that wasn't enough, we could see throughout the book of Kings where these kings was pushing God's buttons. We start off this book saying, hey, how come some kings for 20 years, some kings for two years, some king, one king for a week or so? You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. See, the, the, the thing about humans, we want to we wanna cause and effect type of situation. We want immediate punishment. We want to see immediate results. But that ain't how God operates. His decisions are, are perfect and he factors in all scenarios and he factors in every single thing. The length of your life is not it's not necessarily gonna be tied to how evil or how unevil you are. Um in the book of Ezekiel and in the, in the New Testament they say how God is not slack with his promises. You understand? Mm-hmm. But I'm paraphrasing God has given people more time so that they can turn away from their sins and not die. Ahab, prime example just Ahab get prophesied to die three times. Three times. And he, even after the third time, I think it was three times. Let's say it was two times. Let's say Elijah that last time, the time before was um with, with Ben and yep. So that's twice then. Two yep. times. And, now Micaiah. and then Micaiah, right. So that's three times. You're right. Three. So yep. three times. And the third time is when it came is when it came to pass. And this was this wasn't like thoughts. This wasn't like you dream and you wake up and say, huh, did God really talk to me or not? No, no, no. People are tangibly coming to speak to you. And these are people who serve the most high God. The evidence is plain as day, you know? And he still decided to walk the way that he wanted to walk. 
chances. The, I, we, the way we ended last chapter was saying, God gives us chances, right? We can't out sing God love, but you can show God that you are not going to change no matter what. And God knows this and recognizes this. When it gets to that point, like Pharaoh, he had hardened your heart, you know? But we cannot, in, in reading the Bible, we cannot in clear conscience say that God is impatient, that God is unjust, and that God is not gracious and merciful because God are all of those things. God wants to forgive us for everything. God wants us to come to heaven. God wants us to develop a relationship with him. However, mm -hmm. a lot of times we believe the lie. We buy into the lie. And we tell God, bro, I love this lie so much. I don't care what the truth is. You know, and now we put God in a predicament when God has to give us the thing that we ask him for and that hurts him as well. You start off the chop, you start off this episode saying, bro, God cares about our cares, bro. Like it hurts God to see the things that we're going through. So we got to trust God in everything, especially our salvation. We have to trust that the word of God is inspired. We have to trust. And but once you are convinced or once you, once you have the faith that Jesus Christ is Lord, we have to trust the Bible. We have to study it. We have to learn it, you know. But other than that, we're just going to be guessing. And when we guess and we lean on to our own understandings, it's a lot of crazy ideologies in the world, bro. My cousin just passed away. Rest in peace. I, I, we, my family and I, we've been having discussions about death, bro. It's a lot of contrasting thoughts and, and, and mindsets, you know? And so if we leave it up to humans, bro, there's, there's no standard, bro. It's like, it's like when you were saying, do as thou wilt. That's like the number one theme of, of Satanism, bro. Like that's 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 fuck. That's fuck. You can Google that very term, you know, because people because the devil wants you to say, yo, you have control of your own destiny. You are the master. You are the author. You know what I'm saying? But that's not the world we live in. It's only a temporary place. And at the end of the day, when we pass away, it's only one of two places that we can end up. And I don't believe anybody wants to go to hell. You know, I believe we all want to go to heaven. And because of that, it's worth learning how to get there. Prophecy has been fulfilled. Ahab, the king of Israel, is now dead. And the dogs have licked his blood. Now his son sits on the throne, Ahaziah. But will he be a righteous man? Or will he follow in the footsteps of his fathers? We'll find out on the next episode of A Breath of Fresh Air. Tonight's episode included voice acting by your hosts, Earl Roberts and The Cars Gay. Remember to go ahead and research on your own in order to get a more firm understanding of tonight's episode. And if you enjoyed it, make sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can follow us on social media at a breath of fresh air pod on Instagram and B O F A P O D on Twitter. Thanks everyone. And we'll see you next week.